How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio, another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Wednesday, May 30th, and Kobe unfortunately could not be with me today, so I'm doing this on my own. But now, guys, we got the NBA Finals, game one on tomorrow. I mean, it's the big matchup once again, Golden State versus the Cavs. And I know a lot of y'all are thinking the same thing as me. Like, I'm so sick and tired of watching this same matchup. We've watched the same thing for four years in a row. Like, enough's enough. The NBA is too predictable. I've been seeing it all over Twitter and everything, and I completely understand with you guys. Obviously, me as a basketball nerd. I'm very excited to see this matchup once again, but I also feel y'all on the same side. I mean, I really wanted to see Houston or Boston in there, preferably Houston because James Harden, and I felt like Houston's the better matchup. I feel like they've been the best team in the league, but fortunately, we'll never know if they really were the best team in the league this season, so... So I've kind of am here today to tell y'all that this matchup of Golden State versus uh, Cleveland is over, regardless if LeBron tries to stay in Cleveland or not and keep taking this team to the finals. I mean, I'm here to tell y'all that there's two things that teams that are going to shake things up in the East, and that is Philadelphia and the Celtics. So first off, I mean, I talked a lot about the Celtics future yesterday, so I'm not really going to go into it that much. But I mean, we got Jason Tatum, a guy who I'm picking to be an all-star next season. He's one of my players I'll highlight on in this uh, podcast today that I think think will be an all-star next season. I mean, we saw Jason Tatum grow as a rookie all season long. I mean, we watched him get better and better at night in and night out, and eventually he became that number two option, great shooter from the perimeter and everything, and I think he's only going to keep getting better. I mean, this kid's 20 years old. He's the sky's the limit for Tatum, so I don't see how Tatum wouldn't keep getting better. I mean, he didn't back down from LeBron, especially when he dunked on him and everything. I mean, he was trying to trade shots with the best player, I think, of all time, so that tells y'all anything. Jason Tatum is a premier superstar in this league. Obviously, they're going to have Kyrie and Hayward back. I think this Celtics team for sure wins the East next year. They're going to be way too deep. They're kind of going to be like a mini Warriors team. Yes, Marcus Smart could leave them. I think he will resign and stay with them. Even if Marcus Smart leaves them, we're looking at a team that's going to have Al Horford as their starting center. They're going to have Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Morris as their starting five off the bench. They're going to have Jalen Brown. I mean, that's like a super duper six man. I mean, that's like six man of the year caliber kind of six man right there and Terry Rozier Aaron Baines I mean it just goes deeper and deeper with Ojale and all those guys I mean this team is going to be extremely deep I don't see any team in the east beating them next year I think the following year after Rozier departs and they'll have one of Rozier or Smart left with this team Honestly, I think Smart's the more reasonable one to pay. I don't think you'll get as big money between them two, but this team's going to be absolutely stacked. They also own that uh, Kings or Lakers pick. I forget how it works exactly, but basically the Lakers picked in fall where it is, so I think they get the Kings pick by default next year, or they have the Lakers, but regardless, they have a lottery projected pick next year, so that is huge for the Celtics. So this team is, I think, for sure winning the East next year. We could even see them maybe cash in one of uh, Brown or Hayward. I mean, I'm not counting out that they trade Gordon Hayward I think it could definitely happen but I could see maybe Hayward Horford in that pick to the Pelicans maybe for Anthony Davis I mean we could see all kinds of trading trades for them but let's move to Philly now Philly's obviously a team we thought was going to the finals a lot of people did 
thought they could take the next step. They didn't. They kind of choked up. They lost that game by turning the ball over in two key situations. I mean, this team, though, is young. J.J. Redick was on a one-year deal, so they can resign J.J. Redick, or they can let him walk and bring in LeBron. Let's say they do bring in LeBron. They're going to have Joel Embiid, um, Ben Simmons, Covington, Robert Covington, who just made first-team all-defense LeBron, and probably Bellinelli or somebody like that. And there may be even Sarich still in their starting lineup. I'd probably kick him, though, to the bench and make him come off the bench for this next season. But this team would be absolutely stacked, too. I mean, that'd be a crazy starting lineup. Think about it. You got Covington, Embiid, LeBron and Simmons. Simmons, Covington, and LeBron can guard any kind of wing, shut them absolutely down. Nobody's scoring on that wing like attack. That is just crazy how stacked up that team would be. I mean, Embiid's 23, Simmons is 21. This team's going to run the East for years to come. They had all those lottery picks in row. I haven't given up on Markel Fultz yet. I know a lot of people have, but... He had those shoulder problems. He looked good when he came back. I mean, he couldn't shoot a jump shot, and he was still scoring 10, 12, 15 points. He'd get to the rack. He had that triple-double, became the youngest player ever at that. So, I mean, Markel Fultz can do a lot of good things that people are kind of sleeping on here. I think that it's way too soon to give up on him. I could see them trading him and getting more frack from another team. But, I mean, Ben Simmons is another one of my guys who hasn't made an all-star team yet who will be on the all-star team next year. I think that there's no doubt about that. I mean, there's arguments for him making it this year. But the East is weak, man. Just about anybody can get on that all-star team so I could definitely see Simmons making it out of the Eastern Conference to the all-star team but I mean this team will be stacked let's say even if they don't get LeBron they still have a great team they can still make plays on a big name free agent I mean shoot they could trade for Kawhi Leonard they have the number 10 pick they could get Mikel Bridges I mean imagine a starting five where you got Fultz Simmons Bridges Embiid and Saric I mean that's still a great team they could D any team up I think the 76ers have a future of being one of those great defensive team and we all know defense wins championships I mean we watched in the Houston Golden State series it's a series that all of us thought would be the highest scoring series we've seen yet at the same time it was an excellent defensive fundamental series but still good offense so I mean I really can't rule any of that out right now Um, the Pelicans are my other team to watch that I think can really shake things up this team when they had DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis they beat the Warriors they beat the Rockets when they had Paul Capella and Harden they became the second team in the league to do it a lot of people were counting the Lakers even though the Lakers did it while that Harden was injured, but I mean, not while Harden was injured. CP3 uh, hurt his Achilles or whatever it was, like middle of the game, so I don't count that because he didn't play the whole game, but some people count it. So this is technically the first team to beat them, but I mean, Anthony Davis is 26, and uh, due to my research, most players hit their prime of their career 26-27 range, so I mean, Anthony Davis is right up knocking on the door of his prime. DeMarcus Cousins is 27. Drew Holiday, one of the best defensive guards in the league, as is Rondo. I mean, this team definitely needs a couple shooters or or something like that, but I think the way this team is now, if you give them the same team they had this last season, throw them back out there again next season, they're in the playoffs. They're one of the better teams in the league, no doubts about it. So, I mean, I really like this Pelicans team. I think they can do lots of good things with the roster they have. I think this team could really go deep. I mean, they were as high as third and fourth in the West, even when they had Davis in, or not Davis in there, Cousins in there before the injury. So, I could definitely see them, though, parting ways with Cousins and getting a guy like C.J. McCollum, getting a guy like Paul George. I mean, there's lots of things this team can do with their roster because we saw also how successful they could be without him with the addition of Miritich to this roster. So I really think these three teams have excellent shots at going to the uh, finals. I mean, 
I'm not going to lie to y'all. It's way, way, way harder to get to the finals in the West. I mean, this Cavs team is basically done. I don't really care what kind of moves they make. I don't think anyone will beat Boston next year. I just think Brad Stevens is such an elite coach that no one's getting by them. But going back to the Western Conference of the Pelicans, it's going to be so difficult, man, to beat the Warriors. I mean, this team, as long as they have Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson and and, uh, Steph Curry and Draymond, as long as they have all four of those players, it's going to be tough to beat this team, man. I mean, there's not a whole lot of teams that can do it, but... I really think the Pelicans are one of the only teams that could do it. Them or the Rockets. I think the Rockets have one more year as their chance next year, but I feel like after that, that Chris Paul is kind of be older and it's going to kind of close on the window. I think the window could have possibly even closed this year because, I mean, not going to lie, I love Chris Paul. I think he's one of the best players. He, I wouldn't say he's injury-prone. Like, injury-prone is Derrick Rose, but, I mean, he's more on, like, a Kyrie Irving scale of injury-prone. Like, he will miss a lot of games for you, and I think the Houston having that home court advantage, that might be their one year of having the home court advantage with how stacked up this Western conferences so it's really up there in the air next up let's talk about teams here that are one trade away from being great so the first team that i think is one trade away here from being good or one player away is the jazz i mean we saw the jazz get the four seed we saw what they did in the playoffs they got all that young talent with uh Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert with his defense. I mean, Joe Ingles, not exactly that young, but I mean, he's still good. Rubio had a great season, but I mean, imagine if the Jazz get another star in there. That's a scary good team right there. That Jazz team has their star with Donovan Mitchell. They could pair another one with him. This team could go very deep in the playoffs next year and make all kinds of runs with the home court advantage and everything. So, I mean, I give the Jazz a good chance now to get that player and to do that, but Another team to me that is kind of one trade away or one move away is the Thunder. And the trade or move they are away is getting rid of Carmelo Anthony. If they can kiss Melo goodbye, it opens over $20 million in cap space, which gives them all kind of role players. I mean, I think the thing that really hurt the Thunder is their lack of depth. So with no depth, they're kind of hurt. I feel like that they obviously have to keep around Paul George, and I think he should. I think him and Westbrook play well together. Paul George became more of a def- of a 3 and D kind of guy, but I mean, obviously he can still go to score for you, but he really worked on his three-point shooting and his defense, and I mean, we saw him. He was top in the league up there with three-point shooting. I mean, he's really good at deflections and getting steals. Paul George wreaked havoc on defense, so I really do think that they're best off going with them two as their superstars, and honestly, I think a low-key superstar that no one's talking about here is Steven Adams. I mean, his rebounding, shot blocking, everything he does, he's a true anchor, true center, and the Thunder can play with him on the floor. And I mean, we've seen him do it in series in the past with Adams out there. So, I mean, I really do think the Thunder, if they can get rid of Melo, get him off the books and keep PG around, they can build a nice, solid team with role players and everything. I mean, Jerry and Grant, Patrick Patterson, good guys, Corey Brewer to keep around. Now just add a few more of those type players. This team's good to go. I mean, I would love to see what they could do. Also, I really like the emerging rookie, Terrence Ferguson, take another step in his growth and development as a player so could be good going for the Thunder right there but like I said I feel like that um, Russ is kind of like Harden you see Russell Westbrook and Harden they're always top three up there for time spent with the ball in their hands and everything they do I mean a lot of people knock on Russell Westbrook for how that he shoots too much and does this but I mean Russell Westbrook plays equally as hard against the Magic as he is against the Warriors so you really can't knock him there this guy leaves it all out there on the floor he just wants to win that bad so I really think they'd be good if they got a bunch of three and D players kind of like Houston's done and put them out there with him and PG and I think this team could dominate and of course Steven Adams can't forget him but I really do like the future the Thunder have and I think if they can keep Paul George around it gets even brighter for them and Russell Westbrook but my next team is the Pacers 
And now I wanted to put the Pacers in the first category I had, but I still feel like that they're kind of one piece away. I mean, they pick at number 23. You probably can't get one there. I mean, they should definitely try though to go after some sort of free agent to give them a little more scoring. They could definitely use that. I mean, this team's really good though. I mean, they got the start of Victor Oladipo's prime kind of. He's 26 years old. I feel like he's really starting it up. We saw him take huge jump this year and the way he played. I mean, he's definitely going to be NBA's most improved. If not, that's just crazy to me. I mean, Miles Turner's a guy he averaged last Last season 14 and 8 he was hurt a lot this year only played 65 games he had 12 and 6 but he showed in the in the uh, playoffs he can kind of dominate a game for you and paint in the paint he got so many rebounds and I firmly believe this day if they didn't call that ridiculous foul against him and J.R. Smith that he would have got that rebound and on top of that they would have won the game I mean Cleveland had no answer for him he was doing everything in there he can shoot the three ball so he's a modern big man I think Miles Turner, I don't know if he's ready to make the all-star jump next year or if he'll be able to stay on the floor, but if he stays on the floor and plays healthy, he's the kind of guy that can average 18 and 8 for you next year and two or three blocks per game. So, I mean, Miles Turner can do lots of good things for this team. I really do like the Pacers' future, though. I mean, I love Bogdanovich. I love a lot of these other pieces they have on their roster. I just feel like if they could get one more solid player on this roster that this team is ready, like a vet, nice veteran piece to throw in there with Oladipo, I mean, that would give them an excellent one and two option. Bodanovich, obviously. I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. Love Lance Stevens off the bench. So, I mean, I think this team can definitely do lots of things. Um, the Lakers are another one of my teams that I'm watching out for here with uh, being one trade away. I really feel like with Julius Randle, Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and Brandon Ingram, those are probably the highest value trade pieces that any team in the league has. All these guys are young two, three, four-year players. That's what teams want is young players showing lots of potential and that's what all these guys have been doing. Plus, the Lakers have the cap space already to take on a max contract and then they could also try to trade for LeBron, Kawhi, or Paul George. Another player to me that no one's talked about is if that the Raptors are going to be willing to part ways with DeMar DeRozan is another big thing that could shake things up. So I really think, though, that the Raptors could part ways with DeRozan because if you look at it, man, like him and Lowry, DeRozan keeps having these negative plus minuses. This team didn't work. They fired Dwayne Casey. They have to switch something up with the player personnel. We know the Lowry-DeRozan combo can't beat LeBron and it doesn't work. So, I mean, they have to do something or other there. But I firmly believe the Celtics will be in the finals next year. Like I told y'all, the Western Conference will be tough. It'll be real tough to shake up. I really do think there's going to be big shiftings and powers. Obviously, I can't predict them that much. I'm trying to do my best here for y'all, but I think Kawhi could be on the move, and if he is, that sends the Spurs kind of into rebuilding mode, which I'll talk more about tomorrow, because tomorrow I'm going to focus on kind of finals game one and uh, a little bit more in the draft, but today we're just focusing on what's currently on the table for us in the NBA, but kind of bringing everything big picture once again it's LeBron and Kawhi who have the most say in what happens in the league obviously there's other pieces like possibly DeRozan getting traded I mean there's tons of things that could happen here another player who I feel like could make lots of damage here in the NBA is Jabari Parker I feel like he's one of those players who's been injured and whatnot but when we've seen him on the floor we've liked what we've seen like that one full year he got to play average 20 a game I mean Jabari Parker has shown that he has a very high ceiling I mean he's the number two overall pick he was an animal at Duke so I mean I feel like Javari Parker could really shake things up too if he can kind of grow into his prime. I would love to see the Hawks get him and sign him to a nice little contract and let him develop and see what we can get out of him. But there's lots of players like that, man. You always got to remember there's, there's always that one or two unprojected stars you can make that jump. And I think Jabari Parker is the player I'm projecting if he's able to stay healthy to be that star player to make the jump next season. 
I mean, just getting into it. I mean, the Bucks played well this season. I don't know if the Bucks are going to firmly sign him to that contract. I've like I've been saying about these teams, you can make the next level jump. I think the Bucks with Coach Bud and with um, Giannis definitely can. I mean, I'll talk here in a minute for y'all about Giannis. I've got him pretty high up here on one of my lists. I'm about to do for y'all when we talk about the best players in the league under the age of 23. But I mean, there's tons of there's so much young talent in this league, which is what people don't realize. We have so many great scores. I'm about to get into all of them, but I really feel like the Bucks are another one of those teams too that are just one trade away from making that next level jump. But going back to what I was saying earlier about Jabari Parker, so I mean, this guy played 25 games his rookie year, so I don't really count that for him. But the next year, he kind of got in there, played 76 games. He had 41 points. Then the following year is when he rehad the injury. He was averaging 20 points per game, 6.2 rebounds. So, I mean, he's shown jumps in the way that he can move his game up and up. I mean, he finally stayed healthy there for kind of a little back-to-back for a while. And he, I mean, he was averaging 20 points a game. That's amazing for him. So, I mean, he was healthy and not so much the whole season. So, the minutes restriction stuff he ended up averaging 12.6 4.9 rebounds but I feel like this next year he can kind of be like a point forward I personally don't think Milwaukee's going to resign him I don't think they're going to pay him his contract but at the same time I would love to see the Bucks resign him and try to build this team with him I think like I've been telling y'all that not only do I think Jabari Parker will make that jump and I think a team should go out there and pay him and risk it on him maybe the Hawks maybe the Mavericks maybe a team like that but I feel like the Bucks need to trade Eric Bledsoe and get him out of their hair I don't think Eric Bledsoe can shoot the ball and I feel like Giannis is their best move at point guard so if the Bucks really make that move I mean who knows the Bucks could do anything they got Giannis who's 23 years old who can be the MVP or the best player in the league at any point in time he's ready to go ahead and make that jump I mean, this kid is a freak of nature we've never seen a player like him in the league before but this Bucks team is another scary team that's kind of one trade away. I mean, the Eastern Conference is really wide open. Yes, I think the Celtics will run it, but other than that, there's not like an abundance of amazing teams in the Eastern Conference outside of Boston. Rather than when you look at the West, it's stacked up head to toe, so it's going to be a lot harder to make moves in the Western Conference. That's kind of why I've been trying to focus more on the Eastern Conference teams. The Pelicans are kind of the one outlier because they were good and they had the one injury, but out of these teams, I guarantee you these teams can help shake things up. And I think the Eastern Conference will be shooken up next year. Now, the question is if Boston will start that huge dynasty where they dominate. There's lots of moves Boston can make, but I mean, Danny Ainge built this team so well, so we'll definitely see what happens there. Alright, guys, so rounding out today's show, I've got for y'all a list. It's of the current players who are in the league currently under the age of 23, and this is what I have ranked in my top 10. Now, I only ranked players in this thing that I think will be all-stars or superstars based off what we've seen so far. Now, there's tons of players like Mark Hanian, um, Tarian Prince. I mean, there's so many of them. I'm not going to go down a huge list. I mean, I have like probably like 15 to 20 really good young players that are, can be young stars in this league. I mean, Jam- Jamal Murray's another one right there for you. Gary Harris. I mean, I'm not going to keep naming them off like this. I'm going to get down to the list right here. But I mean, there's so much young talent in this league. This league is stacked with young talent. I'm telling you all, just go look at the best players in the league from age 23 and under. I mean, even 25 and under this so much young talent in the NBA I've never seen this much young talent in the NBA before in my life a lot of times it was even tough I mean we have that draft where uh, Anthony Bennett was the number one pick back in I believe 2013 and I mean that draft was absolutely awful I mean we even saw back in the 2016 draft where we had Malcolm Brogdon winning rookie of the year I mean that was another throwaway draft kind of not a very good one so I definitely think the league has turned its upsides I think these last few draft or last year's draft and this upcoming draft are two of the most stacked ones I've seen. It's only going to keep getting better, but like I said, tomorrow I'm going to give y'all my 
players who are in high school and college that are going to be beasts and my players in this next draft. So, I mean, lots of stuff coming up for you all in these next two. But let's get down to the current players, 23 and under. And so at number 10, I have a tie between two Lakers, and that's Brandon Ingram and Kuz. And I think both of them are set to be NBA All-Stars. I mean, Brandon Ingram's a guy who I think can average 24, 25 a game. And I think he can lock your best player up. I feel like he's going to be a good defensive player in this league. I mean, Kuzma, we've all seen what he can do. He's an offensive army knife. He can handle the ball. as a and He's kind of a point forward almost. I mean, Kuzma's an animal. I think these two guys have NBA all-star caliber talent here. Number nine, I have Jalen Brown for the Celtics. Small forward, I just feel like that he also has that all-star potential. We saw what he could do this season. We watched him in the playoffs step up. He's still a very young kid, obviously only 21 years or 20 years of age. I mean, there's still so much this kid can do and so much better he's going to get. So I really think that Jalen Brown's another guy right there. Number eight, we got Nikola Jokic, center for the Nuggets. And you're probably going to be like, wow, how's Jokic all the way back at number eight on this list? But I mean, to me, he's going to be a five to eight time NBA all-star. And I think he'd be the best passing big man in the league a lot like Tim Duncan where you can throw the ball into him and throw him outside the only reason why I have him at eight is because I don't value big men as much I feel like their style of play is kind of older but next to number seven I have Jason Tatum and I just have him as an all-star. I feel like that he's obviously going to be one of the better, if not one of the best players in the league at some point in his career. But the re- only reason why I have him back here at number seven is just because he's going to have to play alongside multiple all-stars while he's in Boston. And I just feel like it's so hard to pat your stats and have those kind of superstar stats when you got guys like Kyrie Irving who play ISO basketball or Gordon Hayward who's going to shoot the ball a lot and Al Horford. So, I mean, the ball's going to have to be spread around. But I really think Tatum's the kind of guy who can make a jump to be an all-star as soon as next season. And like I was saying earlier, I mean, Jason Tatum is an absolute beast. Number six, I got Joel Embiid. I think he could be the best center in the league as the way he is right now. Obviously, all-star superstar. I don't know if he could win MVP, but I really think he'd be the best center in the NBA. He's more of one of these new centers where he can pop out and shoot the three ball. He can pass a little bit. He needs to get better passing out of double teams. But Embiid is definitely another one of those guys. At number five is also another one of those guys with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, Towns had a 50-point game this season against the Hawks. I mean, he did all kinds of good stuff. He needs to improve his defense, but he could easily be the best center in the league as well. And he is a new NBA center, so I mean, lots of good things from him. Um, Porzingis actually didn't make it on this list only because he's injured, but I mean, Porzingis is up there with these guys where he can be one of the best power forwards in the league. I mean, I'd probably slot him in here at number uh, eight, nine, somewhere in that range. I mean, this league is so stacked up. The fact that Porzingis would be number eight, nine, like all on his potential rating, but at number four, I have Devin Booker, uh, shooting guard, small forward for the Suns. He's going to get some help, but I mean, I think Devin Booker will be a multi-time NBA all-star. I think he can win an NBA scoring title. I don't think he can be the best player in the league, though, because in order to do that, you have to have some sort of freak mechanism. I mean, yeah, Booker's really good. Once he was changed to majority ball handle, he was scoring over 30 a game there for a stretch before they put him back on the injured list, but I mean, Devin Booker's ready to make the superstar jump, and he's going to do it as soon as next season once he gets a little more help. At Number three, I have Donovan Mitchell who I legitimately do believe he could be the MVP or best player in the league. I've never seen a first-year player run a playoff team the way he did. He was the heart and soul. We saw him at that 22-point third quarter against the Rockets in the playoffs. I mean, Mitchell just does so many great and amazing things. I can't wait to see what he does next season. He's exciting. He's the human highlight, but he has that passion and drive that you that special players have only, and he has it. I really do think this kid could be the best player in the NBA or a league MVP, but the only reason why I have this guy ahead of 
of him at number two, Ben Simmons. We all know the knock on Ben Simmons. He needs to get a jump shot. But my biggest thing here, like I've said before, Ben Simmons plays small forward. Donovan Mitchell plays shooting guard. Ben Simmons, LeBron James plays power or plays uh, small forward. Jordan played shooting guard. I think that it's kind of like that. I just feel like that Simmons has that LeBron, like obviously everyone uses the same comparison, but I feel like Simmons has that LeBron James potential, that LeBron James persona is, oh, if he gets better, this will be the best player in the league. That's what they're saying about Simmons. That's how it is for LeBron. So I think Mitchell could be up there, but like I said, I got to go with Simmons at number two. Number one, I'm going with Giannis Antetokounmpo, who I was just bragging on big time, so I'm not going to get that much into him. MVP, best player in the league. I mean, this kid's an absolute freak of nature. He's built like nobody we've ever seen before. So, I mean, in order to say that Giannis can't get it done, I think it's stupid. Giannis is going to be a special player in this league, and he's going to do so much special stuff. So, I mean, I can't wait to see what he can do, and I really do think that as soon as next year, if not in the next two years, that Giannis could be the best player in the league and could win league MVP, so don't count him out. All right, guys, real quick here to conclude today's podcast. Um, I just wanted to do a little lightning round real fast before I sign off for the day and talk to you all tomorrow. So my first thing I'm going to touch on in the lightning round is Des Bryant still has no contract. Um, I really think that somebody is going to come out here and pay Des Bryant. I don't know who it'll be necessarily, but somebody's going to give him the contract. Personally, I feel like he should hit up San Francisco or New England or somebody like that should come to Des and be like, look, we can offer you less money, but we're going to get your rep up and get your number up and then you can go get that big contract from somebody else. So, I mean, I definitely feel like that's a strong possibility for Des Bryant to go out there and do. I really think that he could thrive in either of those offenses. I mean, especially New England. We saw what they did kind of with Randy Moss. He could try the same thing for himself and see how that pans out for him. So, I mean, I would love to see that. Um, my next thing I'm going to touch on is we got game two tonight of the Stanley Cup final. Obviously, I'm not a, that big of a hockey fan, but I mean, you got to watch the Stanley Cup final. I mean, it's one of the biggest things in sports. I'm picking the um, money line tonight on uh, the Vegas Knights. I mean, they defend home court so well. We was, I mean, home ice so well. It was a great game last time between them and uh, the Capitals. It was a 6-4, so I mean, it's going to be a high-scoring game. That's going to be fun to watch, so y'all definitely tune in that. But the last thing I want to talk about is this uh, Colangelo investigation with the 76ers about him having these alternate Twitter accounts and I personally don't know if he was doing it or not but I just think it's funny all the things he was tweeting off there I mean it's kind of like a self-conscious little like middle school girl persona that he gave himself so I just think it's petty and stupid of him to be doing that I hope he doesn't get caught with it because I really like what's going on with the 76ers and you don't want to see the team break down like that but we'll see what happens here if he was actually tweeting off those accounts or not I hope hope he wasn't though like I just said but this concludes today's podcast thanks for tuning in once again Guys, and tune in again tomorrow for more takes. I got him on Zan to the Rats, the home of the Ram with the Dinosaur. Every week I change my clouds, got a fin to store in my house, got a building garage in my house, got to wash up my wrist, cause a house. My bitch can't sleep in my house, make sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap, and your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch, keep an army bitch in my lap.